hurling in the shadow of the Rockies. The podcast engaging community through intimate stories of the individual, fostering their culture through hurling in the West. This is Jason Brown. Thank you for listening and welcome to episode 13. They're nuts. You can't explain you can't explain them, you can't speak for them, you can't speak of them. You just need to know them because they're nuts. They're all completely out of their mind, which ironically makes them fit right in. All right, so being based out of Montana, and as we're wrapping up the Labor Day weekend here, we thought it would be good to remember the sacrifices made by the Irish across the nation for their role in creating better and fairer working conditions. Butte, Montana was ground zero for the labor fights. In the 1870s, miners began to organize to fight for fair pay and safer working conditions. At the turn of the century, the mines of Butte were the most dangerous place to work in the world. It was also a place with 34 unions in 1900. Labor organizers like Jim Larkin came to Butte to rally the community of labor. The international workers of the world were big in Butte. Things got violent at times, as with the story of Frank Little, the IWW leader who was brutally beaten and drugged through the streets before he was hung. There was martial law throughout the town at times, with the National Guard occupying Butte. Strikes were hard on families, and they struggled to make ends meet and to put food on the table. It was these sacrifices that made this Labor Day possible. The Irish miners of Butte were a big part of this movement. Labor continues as a cornerstone of Butte identity and the legacy of previous generations. We hope everyone has enjoyed this long holiday weekend that marks a kind of unofficial end to summer. And we hope that as we move forward into fall and shorter days, we remember the days off, the eight hour work days, the lunch breaks, the safety equipment and the fair wages. And we also remember to think about the sacrifices and the efforts of those that came before us and made it all possible. This week, we're taking another step back and listening to an interview that Nisha Waldron did with Chad Ireland here from Missoula, Montana. This interview was done after the Grizzlies had won their first national championship. You know, we keep bouncing back to some of these interviews from the beginnings of this hurling legacy here in Montana. I really think that this is important to do. For me, this really highlights the camaraderie of the team members, and you can hear it in these conversations, the bonds that have developed. You know, this is why sport is such a huge part of culture. This is why we rally. So please enjoy the interview. This is Nietzsche Walden recording a video for the gathering with Mr. Chad Ireland from Missoula. Woohoo! Go, Chad. So, uh, would you please tell me your full name and when and where you were born? Chad Cullen, Ireland, born in Missoula, Montana. What year? 84. 1984. A good year. <laughs> good year. Um, so, uh, tell me about your history. Uh, where did your family come from and how did you get to where you are today? Uh, my family has roots in the north of Ireland in Antrim 
and as far as how I got here today, my family moved from the East Coast and eventually landed here in Montana, and this is where I've been ever since. Happy days. Um, so, like you said, you have an Irish heritage. So, is there any, is there anything, any kind of a story or anything at all that like reminds you of being Irish, or anything that runs with you straight away that when you think about being Irish? Um, not really anything in specific. I guess it's just been more getting in touch with my roots, doing the language, doing, of course, doing the hurling, the music concerts, and then getting a chance to go over to Ireland and study two times has really created a revival within myself. Yeah, so, um, I mean, did, did, is that something that you had growing up, or was it something that you kind of decided all of a sudden that you were going to look into? Uh, it was more so brought on upon myself. I. I heard a little bit from my grandfather and things, but he passed away when I was pretty young, so I wasn't really raised with or brought up with it. So I guess it was just something that I kind of sought out myself to recreate my own identity. Yeah, and was there any, you mentioned your grandfather there, was there anything in particular that he ever talked about, like any kind of stories or? Um, not really. I guess from, from what I gathered from talking to him, they were just more excited to the fact that they got to leave Ireland and have the opportunities that they were given in America to be successful. I don't, I didn't really grow up with any stories or any oh. of the history or anything. And then you just decided then just to look into it yourself? Yeah, just through through the university and through friendships and, and traveling, I guess, it's just something that I was interested in and wanted to kind of bring back to myself. Yeah, and then seeing as your surname is Ireland, like it's not actually a pretty common surname at home, but it's a pretty unique one as well. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's been pretty neat. It's kind of an honor, you know, to to have that surname and have such a passion for the history, the language, the culture, the sports, just everything, and and to be bringing it back and and kind of revive those connections back in Ireland with the different friends and professors that I have and have studied under, and it's just kind of been a neat experience overall. Yeah. And what um, so in what way would you celebrate um? like your Irish culture, like what way would you celebrate being Irish? Um, I would just celebrate it by going through the motions and the actions, going through different things as far as, you know, continuing the language, continuing the traditions, um, really educating myself in the history and, and different things. And uh, as far as that, I guess it would just be something to keep it on and keep it on going, not anything really to celebrate, just kind of live it. Yeah. Very good. So, like, what? Um, so, what would you hope to leave for the next generation of Montana Irish? Then, um, next generation Irish. Hopefully, a hurling legacy. Possibly, uh, first two year back to back national champs. That's definitely one thing that we got to leave them. Um, and then just, I guess, keep passing on the experiences and those opportunities for the big gatherings and the festivals, and just kind of let them take it as they want and be aware of what there is as far as the language and the culture and, and the community within the community that's here in Montana and so strong. And is there uh, anything else you'd like to add? An extra? Um, I don't know, I guess I'm just thankful for the program, the program with UCC getting to meet, uh, getting to meet people like you and people like Brian, Sheila, Katrina, Brendon and and those professors that have come on before them and just the friendships and the unique friendships that have developed and grown out of that it's it's really put me back in touch and also just keeps me looking forward to going back and then spending more time with those people and just keep growing and getting a richer perspective of the history yeah
And uh, other than that, I would just like say, go Rafa Mahagat, Team Madra. <laughs> so, yeah, so basically, like, um, you're pretty much, it, it, it's almost like even though you're, what, like you said, it was your grandfather that came over, it's almost that you're going back to being, even though you're not, but you're almost like a first generation Irish immigrant. Because, I mean, like you said, you're studying the language, you take part in the classes, the history, the music, and now we're playing the horn as well. So, yeah, it's kind of, it's cool the way it kind of came full circle like that, isn't it, in the way yeah. we're carrying it on. Well, and it's neat to just, to be able to be so passionate about this and hopefully pass it on to my family and my children, just hope that they show the same passion and interest and in, in keeping it alive, because, you know, with the surname itself, you can't go into it not knowing anything or you're just going to get made fun of. I mean, you, you need to be aware. Yeah. So how did you how did you get into the Horland then, Chad? Let's see, how did I get into it? I think uh, I was talking with Brian. I had met Brian previously and then I ended up getting talked into it by Caleb. He said he was getting involved with it. and through just meeting you guys and wanting to jump in and check out another aspect of uh, Irish culture in, in Missoula here and just kind of further my knowledge on, on the Irish ways and, and history of the game and start playing it. And uh, did you find it hard to pick up? Yeah, at first it was hard just being used to baseball and golf and, and that as far as holding the grip and I mean once things got flowing and got rolling it was pretty easy to get in there and bash heads with everybody else. Yeah, and um, what did you what did you think of it on your first game? What was your first game like? Uh, the first game was crazy. I was pretty much just worthless watching everybody else run around. I mean, the the Buffalo Cup and was my uh, my first actual game in the tournament, which was it was good to see. It was good exposure for me, but I was the most worthless full forward could ever see. Not that I'm much better now, but it was. Uh, it was good to see. It was good to get that experience under my belt to watch how fast the game actually moves and and to see everybody working together. So it was it was an eye opener, that's for sure. And what about that ex experience at the Buffalo Cup? Like, what what do you think that meant to the team? Uh, that was huge for the team. Although, I mean, I guess I missed one tournament. What was it? The the previous season or the previous semester? I missed the tournament that you guys went over to. So. Uh, I guess it was a big step. It was a big step bringing everybody together, getting the jerseys, really getting the team established, and and going out and beating Red Branch this time, and, and bringing the cup back to Missoula. It was a, uh, it was the first step that we needed on our road that ended up going to New York and taking it all. Yeah, like that. Yeah, that first trophy victory. I think just to get over that step was huge. I wonder. It was, and it it definitely helped as far as. I mean, like with you constantly telling the team every time we won, we were looking for the next thing. It wasn't like we were satisfied with one trophy or winning two tournaments. You were constantly pushing from a coach perspective for for greater things, for the bigger picture to keep going. I mean, even after nationals, you know, when Sean said, great, what do we do now? It was like, well, it's next year's nationals. It's constantly the progressive, you know, progressive thinking, the way of the future, the next championship, the next win. So that's definitely been a big motivator for the team as a whole. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that first win was a big one. Um, what about um, seeing as you have an Irish heritage as well, um, and then you're from Montana and uh, you've grown up, I mean, you've been a part of the university for probably longer than any other student on Most campus. Most doctors. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what was the... 
what was the experience like? You know, actually getting to play in the stadium because you you kind of developed. Obviously, you gotten gotten a bit better from the Buffalo Cup and like to start the game and to get out onto the stadium. That was that was something else. You know, I'd I'd been to Grizz games and different events and concerts and venues in Washington Grizzly Stadium, but to actually step in there on the field as a player, as a Montana native, Missoula Montana native, and to just go through the motions, take that whole tournament and keep it right there in Missoula, I mean, that's almost without words. You can't really, you don't really know what to say after something like that, winning something that big at home and something you've grown up and seen all these famous figures come up and, and leave out of Missoula to just be a part of that. and and be a part of history. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing to me, I think, is really just putting it in the books is where we were and, and where how far we've come and where we're going. Yeah. And uh, like you said, I mean, we, we had come pretty far at that stage. So, and did, um, that helped us again develop and get used to a different type of pitch. So, do you think that helped us a lot? Did that help the team a lot? I think... I think big time it opened up our eyes. I mean, the Buffalo Cup was just a swamp. It was completely different conditions. It was completely different teams. It was older guys. They were slower, you know. But I mean, some of the younger teams helped with the speed. Definitely seeing the bounce um, come off that turf, how fast it's going to move, and and how it played into our abilities and our skills and things we've been working on for the previous year. I mean, it was an eye opener, and I think as far as our tournaments, that one really set us up for going to New York and knowing how the conditions were going to be and what to expect and how fast to play and what to do and what not to do. I mean, I think that that, that game was a key element in our winning the Nationals. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, uh, what about Nationals then? You wonder if we were preparing for Nationals. Did you feel the team was ready for Nationals? I guess I didn't really think about it at the time because we were just all so absorbed in training. I mean, I know at the end and beginning of trainings, you would say, you know, like, this is, we want to be in nationals. We're going. It's a, It was a reality. I guess I didn't really think of it. I just thought I'd put my head down, keep doing what we've been doing, keep improving, keep, uh, keep focus, know what you need to work on, what you've already got down, and to just, to take it from there. So, I don't know. I think... I don't know if I was ever really ready at one point. I just kept training, kept training, knew that the day was coming. So, yeah, I think it was our hard work as a team. And that's, I think, the number one thing I can say is how close we grew together as a team before we went to Nationals was was a big part of it. Yeah. So, uh, you talk about the closeness of the team. Is there any kind of stories that stand out at all? from any of the trips or anything like that, like what, what do you think made the team so close? Oh jeez, I don't know, I don't know if we should discuss it while the camera's running. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I just, I don't think I really knew too many people, I mean I knew Caleb, not as well as I do now before the hurling team. It definitely, you know, pulled us together as far as you and I and Brian and Caleb, Sean, I didn't really even get to know even till nationals is where I started to really get to know Sean and, and like Michael, I got to know him a little bit and he left, but I guess just the relationships and how everybody was on board for the same thing, you know, from all these different backgrounds that everybody was just pushing for the same thing. So it did, it did draw us together, but it was, I think it was because of the various elements and such 
stark differences between the players that actually did hold us together. You know, it was kind of the glue that, that held the hurling team together was just the weirdos that make up our team. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it's Especially the coach. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, it is a pretty... Uh... A pretty uh, strange kind of bunch of characters, all right. But uh, you know, you were just mentioning Michael and Sean there, like um, just on and off the field. I mean, how important were Michael and Sean to the team, really? Oh yeah, I mean, especially in nationals, those guys were priceless, constantly running around and just their their integrity, you know, their their personalities, their speed, their endurance, their physical levels. I mean, they're both just. They're both ripped. They both constantly run in circles, and I mean, I'm 30 right now. I mean, I figure I'm in decent shape, but there's no way I could have been doing what they were doing. I mean, a lot of those guys. There's few that could have done that. You know, I mean, Caleb, Sean, Michael. Who else were our chaos players that could play anywhere and give 110% the whole time? I mean. So that's, and then off the field, those guys, I mean, Caleb, as you know, is one of the most sound, intense guys that you'll ever meet, and yeah, he'll he'll give you the shirt off his back, and, and Michael, I didn't get to know real well, but he has that same personality, I mean, a smart kid, you gotta be smart to go to another country and study at the university level, and and Sean, I guess, I, he didn't really start opening up to me till I guess at nationals on that trip so just getting to continue that relationship with him and, and get to know him more as a person and as a player on the field is, has been great. Were there any uh, any kind of inc incidents you remember um, in training or anything where you kind of thought geez yeah this is getting intense was there anything that kind of stood out that you really kind of felt like yeah we are getting as a team but we're still brave enough to do whatever we want to each other and still be big enough to kind of say look leave it there anything where you're kind of like any fights or anything like that? Yeah, I think just us being the biggest competition that we face gave that mutual respect to every player on up from, you know, from from your level to Caleb, to Sean, to, to Sophie, Lane, John, Brian, you know, I mean, there wasn't a player on that field that wasn't afraid to say something to someone else, whether it was assing around or whether it was serious or whether it was just, you know, lifting them up a little bit, support. I mean, every every player had no problem communicating with any other player on the team. So, I mean, that that kind of openness and, I guess, humility for for most of the team. I mean, there's things that I know some people have said to you about, or whether it's suggestions or things that are different, and I know that there's a billion things you've yelled at us about. So, I mean, it's I think it's that mutual respect and integrity that we passed around to each other that was just a big part. And um, so just getting on to nationals then, like um, like obviously playing in the stadium here was huge, but uh, what about um, actually representing then the university at a national level? Like how, how big was that trip, like just all of it together? You know, that was, that trip was insane. I guess it didn't even really hit me until you and I were walking around the airport trying to meet up with, who was that again that picked us up from the airport? Simon. Yeah, when looking for Simon, I mean that's... That's when it really hit me that it was like, holy shit, we're in New York, we're here to do this. I mean, that was such a, I mean, such a blessing to get there and, and play at that level and play a collegiate sport and, and you know, just getting ready for it, mentally prepping. I mean, it's a battle, you know, the, the, the one pad you get to your helmet and you go in there and you're cracking skulls. 
Michael Eibel's breaking hurls over people's chests. Caleb and I are constantly headbutting each other and smashing each other with hurls. And, and it just, it was the motivation that, I guess, oh, it was motivation overall that the team needed to take that next step. But for me personally, I mean, I played probably the best hurling I've ever played. So what about, how good was that when that last whistle blew? It was, you can't even describe it really, I mean, you just wanted to laugh, cry, scream, shit. Yeah, you can't describe it, man, you just, you have to be there and live it, I guess. Yeah, after everything we had to do, all the bingo nights, all that. All the sacrifices, I mean, time, finances, personal relationships, school, work, I mean, it was a huge commitment on everybody's part, so to get that far, hear the whistle blow, it was like, I knew we were going to blow the Buffalo Cup celebration out of the water, and we did. <laughs> yeah. What about, um, uh, I remember my father commenting because he met the lads that came from Montana, so like Torbo and the two old fellas, and St. Patrick, and then the young lad. Uh, what about that guy? Remember him saying it was like that we're very tribal people here in Montana, and I say we, you know. Yeah, but, uh, it's... It is. I mean, you know, it's it's a whole different thing. I know there's a few communities within the community as far as the Russians and the Asian communities, but, you know, when it comes to the Irish-American and Irish community in Montana, it's, you're either in or out. You're not half in. And, uh, you know, it's an honor to be to be a part of that and to grow that and, and grow in that. It's, it's something that you almost can't explain. It, uh, you know, it was it was our own little gang there, and it's just growing, and, and the support's growing. I mean, look at how far we are coming back, looking at hosting the national championship in Washington Grizzly Stadium. That's that's going to be more of an honor than winning New York. I mean, to play here on our home field and, and show other Irish-Americans in Montana, all over Montana. You know, I'm sure people will come from Helena, Great Falls, I'm sure Butte, the bitter you know, Superior, St. Regis area, up north, Polson, Ronan. There's going to be Irish-American attendance from most of Montana to represent and watch us represent Montana as the defending champions. I mean, that's that says it itself. What about, um, actually, Paul and Torbo and St. Patrick and them lads, like anything? <laughs> I, I can't even explain them. It's... It's sad to have to admit that uh, one of them was my baseball coach. Um, although he did give me a beer, which I think elevated my level at Nationals. <laughs> I was responsible for multiple goals. I just want that for the record. The roll goal is a famous move now that's been coined by me. Um, they're nuts. You can't, explain, you can't explain them. You can't speak for them. You can't speak of them. You just need to know them because they're nuts. They're all completely out of their mind which ironically makes them fit right in. So, I mean, the, the only thing I'm glad that is that Turbo finally got you calmed down enough to accept them coming oh, around. Geez. That's the only thing with that. Mr. Chad Ireland, national champion. <laughs> <laughs> that was good, actually. <laughs> A really big thanks goes out to Nisha for sitting down with Chad and discussing his experience here hurling in Montana 
as well as the importance this has played in exploring his culture and heritage. And we also want to thank Chad for sitting down and sharing these stories with us and, and helping us get a feel, again, get that feel for what this sport means for a community, for a culture. We'd also once again like to thank the Blaggards for allowing us to use their music for the podcast. You can find them online at theblaggards.com where you can listen to their podcast, SlapperCast. We'd really like to thank everyone who follows us on our social media, helping us spread the word about this great community. And an extra thanks to those of you who have contributed directly to the cause with your financial support. This helps us get to more events, talk with more folks, and bring you more of the content that you're looking for. You can find out more about how to contribute online at ourhurling.com. You can click on the Support Us link. And we really hope to see everyone in Helen on the 28th of September for the Thomas Francis Marr Hurling Tournament. It's going to be a great time, and we're really looking forward to seeing everyone there. If you haven't listened to episode 12 yet, uh, I really recommend you go back and give it a listen. Bob and I sit down and talk about some of the details, some of the reasons behind having the tournament in Helena, some of the folks that are really helping out to make this happen. It's just going to be such a great event. We hope to see everybody there. All right, well, that's it for now. Uh, thanks for listening, and we hope to see you back here for more hurling in the shadow of the Rockies. <laughs>